You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Psalms. He is in despair. His soul in despair, cast down. And he says to himself rhetorically, certainly, Why are you cast down, O my soul? And then he says, lift up your head. Put your hope in the Lord. And here's why. And he's still talking to himself. You will again have reason to praise the Lord. It will happen. It will happen. This will not last forever. The psalmist writes words of despair, but in that place of sadness, he declares the truth. As the deer pants for the waters, my soul thirsts for you. Pastor J.D. will teach that in difficult times, when you feel depressed or discouraged, the secret is to drink from the well of God's Word. Jesus said, if you drink of His living water, you'll never thirst again. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of this broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in Psalms chapter 42 as he begins his message, What to Do When You're Discouraged. Let's get into the Word. Two Psalms, Psalm 42 and Psalm 43. I'll have you turn there if you're not already there. I hope you are there because we're really in for a blessing tonight with these two psalms. I uh, spent some time seeking the Lord and really wanting to take a different approach to teaching this psalm, Psalm 42 in particular, as we're going to see Psalm 43 as well with it for a good reason. But both of these psalms speak very practically to those times in our lives when we're prone to become discouraged. Have you ever been discouraged? Yeah, me neither. So we'll just close in prayer. Not exactly. One would think that as you mature in Christ and grow in grace, that discouragement would not be uh, something that you would be prone to. But it seems that, I was thinking about this uh, just today, in fact, actually the whole week, but where in uh, Ecclesiastes, Solomon writes that with much knowledge comes much sorrow. In other words, the more that we as Christians begin to know and learn and even discern what comes packaged with it oftentimes is this sanctified sorrow, if I can say it that way, this, this grief. When you see evil prevail in the world and how the world just seems to wax more and more evil by the day, it just vexes your soul and brings a discouragement. And what we're going to talk about too tonight is Uh, what's known as spiritual depression. Even that point of giving way to despair. So I guess I'm kind of by way of introduction going into all of that because I'm going to teach these two psalms differently than what we usually do expositionally on a Thursday night when we go through them verse by verse. If you were to put a title on this teaching tonight, it would have to be something along the lines of what to do 
when you're discouraged. I'm also going to, by way of introduction, teach these Psalms from the viewpoint that David wrote them. And we're going to see now, right out of the chute here in Psalm 42, where we're told that it's to the chief musician and that it's a contemplation of the sons of Korah. Now, there are some who do not attribute this psalm to David, but I believe that it is a not only a contemplation, but a compilation of the sons of Korah. Now, uh, Korah is interesting. Korah was the cousin of Moses, not a good guy, actually. He challenged Moses and the calling that God had on Moses. And Moses wisely and rightly left it to the Lord to decide and told his cousin Korah, who had now by now recruited many uh, with him in this coup of sorts, to take Moses out and really put Korah in his place as the deliverer. And so Moses said, okay, well, we'll just let God decide this. If you think that I'm not God's man and that God hasn't called me to do this, then let's just meet here at the tent of meeting, the tabernacle, first thing in the morning, and we'll just let God uh, make it clear who he is calling. And if it's not me, then I'll gladly pass the baton to you. Well, (laughs) uh, they show up first thing in the morning, and you might say that God, uh, in no uncertain terms, made it very clear that Moses was his man because he had the earth open up and swallow up Korah and uh, his, uh, I think it was about 250 men that he had recruited in this coup, and then even many others uh, with them, until, very interesting, this is in number 16, if I'm not mistaken, but until Moses and Aaron with him prayed and asked God to spare them from, you know, killing them. Anyway, it's a very interesting account. I'd encourage you to read it. It kind of gives you some of the backstory of who Korah was, and perhaps more importantly, who the sons of Korah were, because they were uh, worship leaders, very gifted musicians. And so some of the psalms were written by them, and this psalm was a contemplation of theirs. But again, I'm going to attribute these psalms, as we'll see why here in a moment, to David, that these were actually written by David. And right out of the chute again in verse 1 is one of those reasons why I think it is David who wrote these Psalms. He writes, verse 1, As the deer pants for the water brooks, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears, verse 3, have been my food day and night, while they continually say to me, Where is your God? When I remember these things, I pour out my soul within me. For I used to go with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God with the voice of joy and praise with a multitude that kept a pilgrim feast. Why are you cast down, O my soul? Verse 5, he 
turns a corner of sorts here in verse 5 and begins to talk to himself as if to try and encourage himself. And he asks himself, why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. Oh my God. Now in verse 6 he's directing and voicing to God instead of talking to himself. And he says, oh my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore I will remember you from the land of Jordan and from the heights of Hermon from the hill Mizar. This again is one of several reasons as to why I believe it is that David wrote this. I believe he wrote this or this was written about the time that he fled Absalom, left Jerusalem, and is now hiding in this area there in Israel. And he is in great despair. And he is greatly cast down and he's crying out to God. He voices this again in verse 3 about how his tears have been his daily lot, his food day and night. Verse 7, deep calls unto deep at the noise of your waterfalls. You know how loud a rushing waterfall is? All your waves and billows have gone over me. The Lord, verse 8, will command his loving kindness in the daytime. And in the night his song shall be with me. A prayer to the God of my life. I will say to God, my rock. Notice the, the change of tone in the psalm. Just in a few short verses. He, he goes from talking about how he cries day and night. Doubtless he doesn't sleep at night because he's weeping so bitterly. He is in despair. His soul in despair cast down. And he says to himself rhetorically certainly, why are you cast down O my soul? And then he says, lift up your head. Put your hope in the Lord. And here's why. And he's still talking to himself. You will again have reason to praise the Lord. It will happen. It will happen. This will not last forever. And he's encouraging himself. And then he goes from that to talking and crying out to God. And he voices now here in verse 8 that he is now praying to the God of his life. And he says, verse 9, and it gets better. <laughs> I will say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? What? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with a breaking of my bones, my enemies reproach me. While they say to me all day long, where is your God? What's he saying here? <laughs> He's saying, Lord, you hear what they're saying. 
You hear what my enemies are doing, the reproach that they have against me. And they're really saying this of you, about you, when they say to me, where is your God? Why? And then he says this again at the end. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God. For I shall yet praise him, the help of my countenance and my God. Okay. I wanted to read through the psalm and talk a little bit about the psalm because there are a number of things here, very practical things that we can do when we find ourselves, like David here, discouraged and cast down. And the first one is found in verses 1 and 2. And it's that of drinking deeply from the well of God's Word. Here again, this is one of the reasons that I believe David to be the psalmist. Because, think about this, if if there was ever a man who spent so much time out in the wilderness, especially as a shepherd. How many deers do you think he watched drink water from the water brook? And as he's watching this sight, as beautiful, I'm sure, as it was, he likens himself to that deer, panting, so thirsty, and satiating its thirst, at this water brook, and then he paints this magnificent and poignant picture of how it is that we too can satiate our thirst by drinking from the water of God's Word. There's a most fascinating account in the Gospel of John, and it speaks to how it's only the water of God's word that satisfies the thirst of our souls. It's in John's gospel, the fourth chapter. I want to read verses 5 through 15. Let me preface it though and hasten to say that everything that I want to share with you tonight has been very real in my own personal life. Even most recently where I found myself just you know, kind of giving way to discouragement, which is one of Satan's most powerful tools, by the way. Reminds me of that story about how the devil has this garage sale. And here's this unsuspecting buyer noticing all the tools at the devil's garage sale. And he comes upon this tool that's kind of you know, off by itself and very interesting tool. And it's got this really high price on it. It is significantly higher price than every other tool that's for sale at the devil's garage sale. And so he asks the devil, he says, uh, this is an interesting tool. I, I just wonder though, is it mispriced because it is so much higher than any of the other tools that you have here for sale? And the devil basically says, oh, this is the most powerful tool that I have. It is the most effective tool that I have, which is why it is priced the way it is. And it is the tool 
of discouragement. It is the one thing that Satan successfully uses in the life of a believer. And so I just wanted to preface this teaching tonight by sharing with you that in those times in my own life when I have found myself discouraged, even depressed, I'm not ashamed to say that. There are times where I deal with spiritual depression, where I just get so down, so discouraged, and I just get downright depressed. And it's when I go to the Word of God and drink deeply from the water of the Word of God that that depression, that discouragement just dissipates and goes away. Because see, here's why. We know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, right? So what is faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things yet unseen. So how am I going to get that hope slash faith from the Word of God? From drinking deeply from the Word of God? Let's um, join this woman who on this particular day meets the Savior at this well. Verse 5, so he, speaking of Jesus, came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sakar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now, Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. This woman is stunned. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, "How is, see this never happened. This was unthinkable. How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Oh my goodness, the, the Jews despised with great disdain the Samaritans. And there was certainly no love loss on the part of the Samaritans either for the Jews. So listen to Jesus' answer. Jesus answered verse 10 and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink. You would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Living water. Well, she's, she's going from stunned to now astonished. Verse 11, the woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Are you, verse 12, greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as well as his sons and his livestock? Oh, oh you have no idea. You have no idea. <laughs> Jesus answered and said to her, and this is where it reaches its climax, and this is what I want us to draw our attention to. He says to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. 
But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Then the woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. Bless her heart. She still didn't quite grasp it. But what was Jesus saying? Jesus was saying that every pursuit in this life, in this fallen world, will leave us thirsting again. There is only one way and only one water to drink from that will satiate the thirst of our souls, and it's the water of God's Word. And I'll be the first to admit that those times that I find myself giving in to discouragement, I can usually trace it back to a certain period of time that has gone by in my life that I've not been in the Word. I have to admit that. And I'm not talking about days. <laughs> Listen, I remember early on as a very young Christian, long before I entered into the ministry as a pastor, and I prayed, Lord, I want, I want to be in your word. I want to be a man of your word. I want to be in your word. And the Lord like answered that prayer unbeknownst to me and said basically this, Oh, you want to be in my word and you want to be a man of the word, I'll make you a pastor. You'll have to. <laughs> kind of reminds me of another prayer I prayed. Lord, I want to be a man of prayer. Oh, I want to be a man of prayer, God. And God says, are you sure you want me to answer that? Yes, God, I want to be a man of prayer. Okay, I'll give you children. <laughs> That'll make you a man of prayer. So he's answered those prayers. I think that's uh, along the lines of uh, how someone said, be careful what you pray for. But no, there, there will go some time where I'll just get busy. I mean, life is busy, right? And we get busy. And so, you know, half a day can just evaporate and I'll realize, wait a minute. I mean, I've had my time with the Lord, but I really didn't really get into the Word. I mean, really get into the Word. You know, I have a prayer journal that I, uh, every morning, you know, spend some time just entering in my prayer time with the Lord. It's also a great record that I can go back on and refer to and see all the grand and glorious things that God did in response to my prayer. But I also have those times where I just really spend time in the Word. And it's not just sermon preparation. Where I'm in the Word and the Word is in me. The poetry of the Psalms evokes emotions of all kinds. The authors' lives were as varied as their songs, yet each point to truth we can't deny. God is still God, always in control, and forever loving His creation. We can rest in the knowledge that our Heavenly Father cares for us deeply and is supporting us, calming us and providing life everlasting. We hope today's teaching on In Spirit and Truth stays with you as you continue on in your day, reminding you of truth and love at every turn. If you'd enjoy listening to more messages from Pastor J.D. Farag, you'll be able to find them on our website at inspiritandtruthradio.com. 
we do treasure our connection with our listeners, we'd like you to be a part of our social media community. Follow the links on our website to our Facebook or Twitter pages where you can add your thoughts to the conversations while filling your news feed with encouragement and useful information. We'd love to see you here in person at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe if you're in the area too. We hold services every Sunday at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. or come by on Thursdays at 7 p.m. for an in-depth Bible study. Directions can be found on our website. Again, that's inspiritandtruthradio.com. If you can't join us in person, we hope you'll find a local church community soon that you can call home. Having a supportive and biblically-based church is an incredible blessing in your faith experience. That's all the time we have for today. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you'll join Pastor J.D. again to continue studying the Psalms right here on In Spirit and Truth.